Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. Yeah! she wins. Syracuse University wins against Wake, ladies and gentlemen. And we are here for another day for a 9 p.m. game here in Brooklyn, New York against the mighty North Carolina Tar Heels. Nice game last night, Paulie. Insane, well. right? And, and what, what did I say? The two guys I had to cane, I'm going, they're calling me Coach Kane. I'm going to bring a cane and, and practice. And every time the chook takes the ball below his chest, I'm going to whack him in the thigh with the cane. Same thing. Every time Dolzhai is open and he doesn't shoot, he's getting the cane. Well, Dolzhai must have heard me because he lit it up. 20 points. Big, big showing by that kid. He's trying to dunk on everybody, too. It was crazy. Somebody got into it. His mother called him or something. <laughs> said, you look like an idiot out there. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, he was badass. You know, the thing that, that's – I don't think you're going to count on getting 20 out of Dolzhai tonight. But the thing about it is is that if he even if he shoots and misses to a certain extent, it extends the floor for battling people because they've got guys letting Dolzhai wide open and sloughing down into the box to try to stop battle when he drives and, and O'Shea. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a big plus. What a great time for it to happen, too, to have him get some confidence, maybe knock down 8 or 10 tonight, which would be mammoth. Yeah, and, and North Carolina – Coming into this has probably been planning for a few days. You know, huh, the, we don't have to worry about that right. guy. And exactly. now all of a sudden, he drops tw- twenty, and maybe their their film watching is sped up, and they they're going back and looking at the plan they had. So, well, not just that, but if a guy comes out and suddenly drops twenty, and he shoots thirty five shots, you know what I mean? But the kid missed like one shot the whole night. I mean, he was he was ridiculous. The other thing is, if is a fan, you're kind of frustrated. You're like, what the hell, dude? Where, where was this? Where was this for thirty other games this well, year? You we, know, we've talked about him actually having that this little hitch that yeah, he he's nervous. He, he looks yeah. and he does. He appears to be nervous and reluctant to shoot. I think if someone and I've said it all along, it should be battle. It should be somebody like that, a team leader or Howard, to walk up to him and go, "Hey, do us a favor, shoot it every once in a while, so it opens a lane for us a little bit." Because they're not even guarding you, and he he definitely took advantage of that. He he, he looked good, and Chuk looked good inside. And they looked like a tournament team last they, night. They, they really did. They did. They, they really did. They, you know, they, they did their usual, took a little vacation in the second half when the lead was big. But, you know, they, they grabbed a lot of those guys were playing 40, 35, 40 minutes. So, you know, they do take, have to have a tendency to take that seven-minute break. And then suddenly <laughs> it's back down to six, and you're going, oh. Uh, did you watch the game, Josh? I did. I watched it. And it sounded like a lot of orange in, a, in attendance. It sounded loud on the TV. Yeah, you know what? It was funny. We were looking down going, there's nobody here because essentially it's a play-in game. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not the tournament hasn't really started for, for the big teams. And, uh, and it was sparsely orange and very little wake. And then suddenly, wham, the place filled up with orange. So I'm excited to see what that's going to look like tonight versus uh, a team like North Carolina that has a pretty big following no matter what state you go because of the tradition of the program. What, what, what did you take away from the game, Josh? I like Dolajai. I've been telling you that all year. I liked when he get when he gets brave. He he was playing like a different kid last night, and uh, I really liked what I saw. And like you guys already uh, already covered a little bit. If you get more of that, you've got a really good looking team. Yeah, for sure we do. Did you hear the scandal that happened about, upon my entry to the to the studio here? Well, at the, I, uh, I one come hotel? in the studio and I hear like we can kind of hear you over the mics uh, here in back in uh, Syracuse. I I heard someone say, 
I heard Paulie say, "Why are you here?" To you, <laughs> right? Uh, and I, uh, but that came after. So let me give you what happened on this side of the fence. I okay, get a, I get a text from Paulie that says, um, "Park and I are going to do the first hour. Gomez and I are going to do the second hour." I said, "Well, what happened to Daniel?" He replies, "Fever." I said, "Okay," <laughs> and then okay. he goes, "No, he's here." <laughs> so 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 let me first of all predicate this with in the movie business you could have an arm missing i did a movie once for uh franco colombo the famous italian uh bodybuilder uh and and schwarzenegger had asked me to do franco was his mentor and he said do me daniel do me this favor do the movie for uh, for my friend franco so i i go to italy and it's an action film called ancient warriors and about I don't know, it was probably like a 12-week shoot, whatever it was. Two weeks into the thing, I'm diving out of a moving truck. I'm still young enough that I'm doing my own stunts. And I dive out, and I break my right arm pretty good. I mean, it's broken. So they bring me in, and I don't speak Italian, and they're talking to Franco, and all I keep hearing is flectore, flectore, you know, so it's a fracture. They show me the picture, and it snapped it. So they put me in the cast, and, and so Franco, of course, you know, he might as well have just whipped it out in front of me. He goes, a man comes to work tomorrow, Daniel. A man comes to work. And so the whole movie is me and like two other guys. So there's no way they can shoot it. I can't have a cast on my arm because you've got to match what they've already shot. So I'm, you know, I'm in a, in a shirt that exposes my arms and I'm firing a machine gun, you know, the entire movie. So I go in and I think about it. I'm like, you know, can I tape it up? What can I do? So I did. I ended up going into the bathtub and running the water and cutting the cast off my arm and taping it up and finished the next 10 weeks with a broken arm in an action film. So, it, you know, if that's not going to stop me, a fever up in my suite is not going <laughs> to stop me from coming down. There's no such thing as a sick day. You don't, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying how in baseball. How did this happen? So wh- how did he think you had a fever? So we, we, we got it down. So it was a group text that came from Sam Fortier, who we invited to come do the show uh, as he normally does on Tuesdays. And I guess Sam's now, you know, we're, we're going to have to buy him a box of tampons because uh, <laughs> Sam's got a cold. And, Hangover. Uh, and he couldn't, he could, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hangover. 21. Right. He went out with the team. They won. He went out with the team, went out with the boys, and he tied one on, and he thought that was an excuse to come on. So do we have a replacement that we're going to start looking at for Sam? Oh! Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this rivals the Joe Salzone. It's snowing out stories. This is a radio. This is a radio show in Syracuse, New York, uh, and uh, you might expect a little snow from time to time. You know, I can't make it until I get my new tires. Uh, but no, uh, rest assured, I would not take a sick day, particularly when we're on the road like this. And we know the great one, Ed Levine, is listening, and he's keeping score. But I got to say, Paulie, producer, producer extraordinaire today. I mean, let, let's go through. So, Paul, you get the text. I get the text at 945. Right. <laughs> so I've got 15 minutes to cover a show that's got sponsorships on it. So, uh, so I got on my phone. I had guest hosts covering for the sick Daniel Baldwin. I had Matt Park doing hour one, Gomez doing hour two, and we were ready to go for Planet Fitness, who uh, spent great money with Galaxy Communications. And uh, we were going to get this show on the air with her. Hell or high water. Now, now you know, here's the great thing about it, because let's say that was true. Let's say that I got the bubonic plague in the elevator. I did a three-hour show just before well, this. Well, that's what everybody's Tim, like, yeah. Tim is here, going, has to be looking, going, 
I don't know what he's doing up there, but it certainly <laughs> yeah. doesn't have a fever. He's off the know? wagon. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been, you. You. if I had bumped my head and was unconscious, it would have been, he's up there getting high, man, for yeah. sure. He's drinking again. It's a, it's terrible. It's in New York. That would have been the whole story. So, But did you check with Tim at all? Cause yeah, he, well, they were, but like everybody's like, he coughed a couple times, but that was it. it but we didn't know what the heck was going on. Like, had a fever. We thought maybe. Tim you, didn't throw me under the bus then. No, maybe you played nice sick Tim. for the, everybody nice. was thought thinking. maybe he wants to really really get home before the storm but i don't know you wouldn't do that no no I'm or you played guy. really sick the first show and it just i did i just covered it up so well. i'll go with that story yeah man it was i was it was a beat down but it was I, the I, I took the knife game. i took the knife for the team man I can did. i ask what what you did yesterday after the show daniel did you do like any fancy new york city stuff i went across the uh i walked across the brooklyn bridge because yeah. i wanted to do to do that uh, and then I turned around and I walked back across the Brooklyn Bridge and slept for three hours. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the idea that there's no kids, you know, Robin, uh, thank God, as, as you know, with your wife, is there to hold down the fort when we have to do these types of things. Um, but, uh, no, I wanted to take full advantage of sleeping. Plus, you know, those days for me of, of running around and doing stuff, a lot of people were talking about going out after the game. There's nothing good for me that comes from that, yeah. uh, number one. And number two, because of the advent of these telephones now, you know, there could be nine guys around me hammered and I'm the designated driver and my picture is going to be the one on Twitter leaning over the bar and it looks like the beer is mine or whatever. Or, you know, or the chick. I, I remember one time I held the door open at like three o'clock in the morning at the Columbus Cafe and Jamie Lee Curtis came walking out. And as she walked by, because my arm was extended with the door, it looked like my arm was around her. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was, you know, the cover of the Inquirer. Why is Jamie Lee Curtis out with Daniel Baldwin at four o'clock in the morning and blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't lend myself to any of those misunderstandings or anything anymore. I've got a, a great, beautiful wife at home and I'm very blessed to have her. So I stay in, I sleep. <laughs> I have no reason to stay in, and I do. I stay in my hotel room, and I don't come out. Nothing bad can happen in your hotel room. You know, I got to say, though, well. to come down and think that at 945, uh, really, you, quick on your feet, man. You had Park coming down, filling in. You had Gomez sitting in. The show was ready to go. I mean, pretty seamless, Paulie. Yeah. Should I take that as where yeah. I really fit yeah, on yeah. the totem pole? Dude, dude, or should you, I say because you're just great at your job? Yeah, No, I'm great at my job. <laughs> and just just know I will have you replaced immediately. I got it. <laughs> that see body how, won't hit the floor. <laughs> see, how, see how it works here, man? Harry, I'm thinking we're getting numbers now. I'm moving up the ladder. I lose my cubicle. I got to rent my own car. And, uh, and I'm replaced by Gomez in seconds. I like it. <laughs> Does your like hotel well, room have moss in it? I saw somebody post a photo that there's moss in those hotel yes. rooms. There is moss in hotel rooms. I haven't determined whether it's actually real live moss. It is. Or very good simulated plastic moss. Because me being me, like a four-year-old and a half ape, I'm poking at it, smelling <laughs> it. And I, the only thing I didn't do was eat it. So. You just wanted to see if you could smoke it. That's what you wanted to see. Whole different story how soft it was. <laughs> because my first thought when I see that is somebody definitely got drunk and peed in that moss, right? Do you know why the moss is in the room? I figured it out. No. Because it generates, uh, uh, turns carbon dioxide in a closed room into oxygen, so there's fresh <laughs> oxygen in the room. Whoa. I need is some what moss. what I'm going to guess. That's what I'm going to guess. You know, because the plants uh, it will convert... Uh, and um, I did just hear you off mic ask them to warm something up for you, and they said they don't have a microwave. That's how green that place is. They don't even have yeah, a microwave. You know 
That's a gr- that that's a green. Well, that tells you that your food's not being warmed up in yeah. the microwave, which yeah. is a good thing because they cook from the inside out. What's happening in uh, Syracuse? Are you bracing yourself? No, nah, we're not going to get now? it. You're going to get it worse, man. I'm worried about you driving back. That's they're closing down throughways and stuff. So, what's your plan on getting back here? Yeah, so I was gonna. I'm packed, and I was gonna go right after this show. Uh, the great one, uh, you know, and, and this is another testimonial, honestly, to um, the difference between working in a station somewhere else or in a big city where it's really only about the work. You know, the first words out of someone's mouth are usually the most important. And Ed said, you know what? They won tonight, but no matter what, let's just go ahead and broadcast tomorrow from here. This storm is going to make it dangerous. I wouldn't want to see anybody get hurt. It wasn't, it's going to be better for us. It wasn't, we need you to do this. It was about everyone and their families and and being safe. You know, you you don't usually see that in this business. You really don't, you know. Uh, And and it was great because when I talked to Robin, you know, I said to her, look, I mean, we're going to get hammered here and they're closing roadways. Uh, it's going to end up that I'll leave and it won't be bad, but I'm going to be driving into the teeth of, you know, potentially 14 inches of snow in eight hours. And she said, well, then don't go. You know, and I told her what Ed said, and, you know, she 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 really loves Ed now. She, she, he's part of her crew. Nice. So, uh, so are you yeah. staying over through till tomorrow now? Yeah, uh, and again, I was getting I was getting my testicles removed by uh, producer of the stars, uh, Paulie, uh, the, mo- the mole, <laughs> yeah. because he turns around, he tells the guy from the hotel, yeah, they're doing the morning show, and then we'll wrap it up, we'll be done by 10, and I'm sitting across from him going, and my show will what? And he goes, oh, I didn't think we were doing your show. <laughs> Just, we're, gonna, we're doing the morning. Yeah, uh, so I said, no, man, I'm, I'm going to stay and, and do the show from here, and I'll leave afterwards. So uh, uh, we will be doing another telecast tomorrow. Cool. Uh, uh, another broadcast, rather, tomorrow here from the hotel, both shows. Are you at least having a good um, time down there? Yeah, man. You know, I mean, the great thing about it is, and, and, and walking in the room is, is Coach Griff. And, you know, to be able to, to have access to these guys that, you know, that have, uh, you know, the kind of information experience, you know, as players, coaches, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's so valuable to me because I get insight that I wouldn't normally have and stuff that I have to speculate on or, you know, and some of the stuff I'll say, uh, you know, ends up being relatively accurate and then there's a whole nother look at it when you're and, and, and what's interesting too particularly with somebody like Griff is he's been on the floor he's been in the situation so there's the player's perspective and then there's oh no now I'm a coach so it becomes a little bit different what the goal is you know uh, and, and how we go about it why don't we go to break right now and we'll come back and we'll talk about last night's win and what we have to look forward to tonight against North Carolina we'll be right back Serve Pro is a proud supporter of Orange Basketball coverage on the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Real cool. Now, cool. We, I got nothing. I got nothing. Hello, here, take my headset. And I still got nothing. Now I got something. You put the wrong headset out. <laughs> Musical headsets. Musical headsets. 73 to 64 and the big bad orange train coming back for more. What do you think, Griff, about last night? Oh, it was a great win. Uh, it was a collective win. Our guys played together. Uh, guys were in the right place, and some guys stepped up and was really aggressive. Obviously, uh, uh, Marak was unbelievable last night. 
20 points from Rack. He heard me sit with you and tell and talk about the cane. He knew oh, I was coming. Oh, definitely, 100%. Yeah. When, when, we went, when I went back, I told him, I said, there's a guy named Kane. Coach Kane is looking for you. That's it. He knew. And that you heard about the cane. Oh, definitely. The, the two, my two cane, the two Coach Canes. See? I want some love now, man. <laughs> the, just a legend of Coach Kane. As a coach, we were just talking. He goes out, he does that. Is it, I, I'm sure, I, I know you're happy about it, but is it also kind of frustrating to a point like, where was that for, you know, or is it just the way Wake was playing? Well, you know, it's twofold um, with uh, Marac, especially. Uh, it, it, he's a freshman. Uh, and some fresh, you know, not every freshman is going to be like Marvin Bagley out here, just scoring twenty and twenty. You know, uh, he has his ups and downs. And um, but you know, Marac, you know, he took his spots and he was really aggressive. And you know, if you look at the last couple of games, he's been really aggressive. So uh, hopefully, he can get to continue. You know, I, I I think when you look at it, you're coming in against North Carolina. We had a you know a seventy seventy tie late in the game. We may have mishandled the ball a little bit. That was yesterday. I don't want to focus on it too much. What's interesting to me about it though is, I don't think you're going to go in tonight expecting Dolajai to score twenty again. Nor do I expect him really to score fifteen. But if he could score nine, you know, what I mean, if he could come in score nine and and Chuk scores nine again, right. you know, and we spread the wealth a little bit, I think you're going to see O'Shea's going to rebound off off of a game that he didn't play that great at. Does North Carolina look at this and have to rethink what they were going to do? They're a great team. I think they, they play the way they play. They're going to come out there and play an up-tempo basketball. They're going to try to hit the offensive glass, and they got really good players uh, in, in their system. So uh, the thing that we have to do and focus on is, is do what we do best. And obviously, if we can, do the, if we can take care of the defensive end, uh, we can uh, – uh, hang in there and, and have a chance down the stretch to kind of, you know, win in the game. You know, it's funny because I've always said this before and I use a football analogy to it because I've seen it happen so many times. And, and football, you score bunches of points, you know, six points for a touchdown and usually the ensuing uh, extra point. But I, I've always said you can come out the gate and you can get a fumble on a kickoff, pick the ball up one play, you have a touchdown, and then – pick one off for a pick six and you're up 14 nothing with a minute into the game i mean it, it's it's not something that it doesn't matter how good you are how good your opponent is if the ball bounces your way you know a couple of times suddenly you're off and running i think one of the great things that we talked about yesterday that i'm really hoping syracuse does tonight is is get out quick you know yep. what i mean H- having that cushion every team takes at this level yep. even against awake takes that five seven minute when you're playing guys 40 minutes mm-hmm. there's going to be a low but when you're up by 20 and yeah. you have a low you can afford to have it that's what happened yesterday you yep. hit it right on the head um we got out you know we hit our first nine shots in the game so it kind of broke the the ice so to speak and uh, we got out to a fast start and we got up 16 in the first half and we know wake is a good team they they're good offensive team you know their record doesn't show that but we knew that they were going to make a run in that game, but while us being up 16, it helped us take the blow easier. Well, if the game was tied, when they make their run now, you're talking about you're down 10, you know, and now you have to come back. And so, um, you know, getting out to an early start and, and getting some, you know, some cushion is, is, is big for us, uh, and, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, get out the gates again uh, as fast as we can. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we're at least – blow for blow with them and we you know yeah. what i mean and we keep it close because then anything can happen and i really do i gotta tell you something i'm excited now you know i think a lot of people are excited after watching that game uh and at, at what they can do when they're playing within the system and yeah. and they do the things that they know um is there anything coach to be said about you know carolina is going to be 
Uh, let's say they won the whole ACC. What, are they going to get a two seed? You know what I mean? So right. what, they're three or four, probably. Right. So Syracuse is playing this game tonight. They win. They go to the tournament. There's a lot more at stake, in my opinion, for these young men uh, on the Syracuse side. Does that matter? I don't think so. I think this team has always know that we can hang. We can play with anybody in the country if we play well. Uh, uh, and, and we can lose to anybody in the country if we don't play well. And that's just been our model all year. Uh, so I don't think the, you know, the, 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 the pressure or the expectation of, you know, trying to make the tournament is one of those things that we're going out there and focusing on. I think we're going, there, we're going out there and focusing on just us and doing what we have to do on both ends of the basketball court. Uh, and if we take care of what we got to take care of, again, we can hang or beat anybody in the country. Um, you know, there was a, the, the, the presence uh, you mentioned when we were, uh, before we came in uh, from the break, uh, you know, there was a couple, there was a nice alley-oop from Tyus where you thought traditionally he's probably going to shoot the floater. Oh, yeah. There was a great pass, a big man to big man that I have not seen, you oh, know, no. this year at all yeah. that uh, Dolajai made to the Chuk. Yeah. Um, is the, is the, uh, is the, is the, is the inside presence in this game, you know, I mean, when you look at it on paper, you're going to talk about, you know, May and North Carolina inside. We got some inside guys who want to play right now. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, again, Marac was unbelievable. I, I thought uh, our inside guys were in the right place at the right time, and I think our guards did a phenomenal job of getting them the ball uh, right where they needed to get the ball so that we, you know, so that they can be successful. And it was just a, uh, a match made in heaven where that pass came from Iraq to, uh, to, to the Chuke. <laughs> Listen, man, there's something else, too, about when you talk about someone being more aggressive than, than Marek has been in just plain shooting the ball when, you know, the ball has been moved multiple times and he's open and, and he chose to shoot and, and the result was great. But there's another thing when you're a player. Now, I know not at your level did I ever play, and I'm not pretending I know what it's like to be where you've been, but I know just as an athlete that has played with good basketball players before, when someone comes down and dunks on you, and he dunks on you in traffic. Oh. That just says that just it's a message. Oh, definitely. Marek came in and dunked in traffic oh, yeah. a couple of times. I was like, uh, "Go get it, boy!" Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was uh, again. He was super aggressive, and and that's what we need. We know, you know, we got our big three, quote unquote, with O'Shea, you know, uh, Tyus and um, Howard and, and Frank Howard. Yeah, uh, but you know when guys like Marek and Pascal, you know, Matt Moyer. Ramastibe, when they give us production, um, we're a different team. A dangerous team. Really dangerous team. A so, dangerous team. So now we might need Coach Kane to come down in and whip some boys in the Coach shade. Coach Kane's going to have team. his LeBron SU oranges oh, on. okay. And I'm going to be down there, boy. I'm going to be down in the press box behind this time. I'm not going up to the luxury box. You're not. <laughs> no, no, there's too much to say. I can, I can get into uh, the North Carolina guys' heads, too. Okay. Well, well, we need everything. So I'm going to get into the head. Is there anything you can do defensively against North Carolina? You guys held them to – and it's funny to say you held them to 78 points last – time you played them and that's less than they were averaging at that point at uh, time is there something you can do differently defensively against them this time or is it just a matter of you got to do what you do and get your points and hopefully outscore them yeah one is, is, is us we, we got to continue to play good offense um especially against a team like north carolina we know that they get out and run they get more possessions so they they try to score a lot 
Uh, so we got to keep up with that part of it. But uh, defensively in that game, yeah, we gave up 78 points, but we did some really good things in that game where it gave us a chance to win in the game down the stretch uh, when Will we came up, sh- uh, where we came up short. So. We just got to, you know, again, just be active on defense and do what we do. Uh, if we do what we do, uh, we could um, uh, be right there for the taking. I think the game, when you look at one statistic in this game, will determine whether Syracuse beats them or not. And it's going to be the offensive glass. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he's not running right now a big a big uh, a group of guys out there. He's not. So with Chuk in the middle, and if Dolajai is going to show up again, we've got two big men in there. they got one. And, and and he wanders away from the basket quite a bit. He's a, he's an out of the paint player, man. Yeah. So their their game is transition. Yeah. They're going to pull a, ball, a board and run down the court. Right. So if we can control some of that glass and get some second chance opportunities and slow them down in the transition, they're not scoring seventy eight tonight. They may not score seventy. Oh wow. They may not score seventy. Coach wow. Kane. Coach Kane is on it this morning. I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready, baby. I'm going to look at that stat sheet the whole time him. through, and I'm going to be thinking about Coach Kane. You tell him, Coach Kane's going to show up on the sideline at halftime with the Kane if they get more than <laughs> – if they get double-digit boards, I'm coming in. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you hit it right on the head. You know, if we can get some second-chance shots, uh, that'll help our offense. But, you know, the biggest thing for us is that we have to get back in transition. That's that's just a staple of what North Carolina basketball is. For sure. For yeah, sure. So. They come out and they just turn and run it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but for sure. Let's go to break. Let's come back. Uh, and we'll talk with Griff about uh, uh, the Syracuse run that we're poised to go on right now. We'll be back after this. Hello, Brooklyn! The Seminoles win! Florida State's the champions of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Let the celebration begin. No sleep, too! The Duke Rebels have won an unprecedented Coverage of the 2018 ACC Tournament is brought to you by IBEW NECA. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Hi, it's Jim Beheim, and you're listening to the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn. Brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hello, hello, I'm back. Hey now. <laughs> check, check, listen to the golden throat. You know, I should have taken, um, taken the offer years ago when um, <clears throat> I was told by one of those uh, um, 800 number sites you know, you can make a fortune doing the uh, doing the voices when when you know Sally calls in. Hi, what are you wearing? <laughs> and, and, I, and I turned him down, thinking that would hurt my acting career. Now I'm on the radio and I'm looking for the cash. Um, so Griff, we're going to play. So what? So what is uh, Joe Salzone back in the studio in Syracuse has lifted. Um, a, a couple of articles. He's going to read the article to us, and you can, if you think it's BS, you just say, so what? Who cares? Okay. Or if you don't say so what, you have to support the reason why it's not so what with your explanation of why you think it's important or important. Okay. Perfect. Are you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, ready. Joe, you good? I'm good. Is Josh playing so what? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Josh has to wake up again. Slap him around a little, Joey. Yes, I'm back in the game. All right, so the first so what? Reports say Memphis is considering uh, firing head coach Tubby Smith and replacing him with Penny Hardaway. I like that. I like this article. 
I like this. I like Penny. Uh, yeah, yeah, Penny. Uh, you know, Penny is the heart and soul of Memphis basketball. When you think about Memphis basketball, you think about Penny Hardaway. Uh, Tubby Smith is a great coach, but you know, when you think Memphis basketball, Penny Hardaway is the man, and uh, it'll be a great hire uh, for for uh, if they can get uh, Penny. What do you got, Paul? Are you uh, smile? I think it's that? a great story if Little Penny is yeah! his assistant. <laughs> right. I want Little Penny yeah. back. <laughs> I, I think I think the I think bringing Little Penny back for some for some ads. <laughs> I think if he get, if he gets if he blows up there a little yeah. bit again. You, you know what's crazy about this whole thing is is that uh, one of his assistant coaches would be Larry Brown, the great Larry Brown. Wow. They talked about that. Yeah. Larry Brown would be Penny's yeah, assistant. He, he's going to coach to 110 years. Yeah, like coach. Baby. Wow. <laughs> 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 we know a I'm guy like say, that. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's my first split. So what? Because I, I could care honestly. Not that I don't I don't have any respect for Tubby, but so what on Tubby? But the fact that Penny <laughs> yeah. is would come in and coach and get back in the game, I would love to see that. But like Tubby, like every every year you're like he's still coaching. Like the weirdest schools, like you'll show yeah. up. You're like yeah, he's still coaching. I'm, I'm going like this right now. <laughs> but you tell me about Penny, little Penny. Come on. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What, Joshy, what do you got with it? I'm, I'm with Paulie. If, if Penny comes back, I demand Lil Penny. All right. <laughs> the so clipboard on, on the side. That, that's <laughs> yes. That's classic. Hey, That'd why are you going over there, Penny? You should have put him in. All right, let's go. What, you, what do you got next, Joe? The NBA is warning the Bulls to stop resting healthy players, threatening any team with big penalties if they lose games on purpose. Oh, well, this goes back to uh, uh, the announcement that uh, Mark Cuban made over a dinner and, uh, you know, uh, I'm kind of torn on this one. First of all, it's not a so what, uh, only because of the league ramifications for this. But I'm a guy that owns a team, and I spent $600 million on my investment, and I'm not going to make the playoffs. I, you know, to say I'm not going to risk this guy, or Dirk Nowinski, to play when he's only got maybe a year or two left, he's already 40, and I'm not going to have him put out full time to rest him and give him an opportunity to come back and play another year. I should be able to do whatever I want. I own the team. It's your team, definitely. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I think I think that that's kind of the these leagues get involved in stuff. You know, for instance, uh, Jerry Jones and I and I've spoken very very uh, outspoken on the subject of kneeling during the national anthem. And I've said long not that it's not an issue the treatment of African Americans in this country. And I've never said it wasn't. But wasn't there another way? Because we've lost that message. Right now, it's all about kneeling during the anthem right. and military men and women. Wasn't there some other way that we could have done this? And I've always said it all along. You be the first player that says, when they say, first group, and you don't walk out onto the field and decide you're not going to play in the game because of your stance, that guy's going to bring some attention. And he's taking a personal sacrifice himself. But Jerry Jones said none of my players are allowed to kneel. So he he went past what the league has said, and the league is protecting it, still saying you have the right for the Kaepernick rule to uh, kneel during a game. I don't think that they have the right to tell tell an owner that he shouldn't play guys when they're out of the playoff spot. But the, the point of it is, I think, is that they're trying to say they're not playing them to enhance their lottery selection yes so yeah i i, <clears throat> I think uh, they they should be able to do what they want to do but also too they have this g league uh you know it's like the farm system so that you bring up some of your g league guys and get them the experience see you know if you want to sit certain players bring some guys up you know see what happens you know yeah yeah that's for sure there was a kid i used to have to guard all the time and uh i i, I had a home in lake oswego kyle wilcher 
and uh, he played in Kentucky one, yeah. one, and then he went to Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. Uh, and uh, and he said he was in like the Houston, Houston. G League. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, when that kid would come out, when he was only seventeen, but he was like seven feet tall. Right. And, a good I, guy. and I had to guard him. I, I, I took the cane out. Did I was, you? I, oh, I hack a shot him. Hack. <laughs> Just I beat him up, beat him up, and he was still dunk on me and scoring me. But yeah, I beat him up. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think this is so. What, Paulie? What do you think? I'm torn because if I'm a fan. And I bought tickets to this game. That's true. I'm there to see those players, and if you're sitting them, I'm going to be ticked. But as an owner, do what you want. Okay, so. so Syracuse University, where does that end? Syracuse University, the ball bounces the wrong way, and we lose five other games we didn't win this year, and there's no shot that we're going to the tournament. We come into the ACC, and, 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 and one, of the, one of the starting players on Syracuse is banged up right now, and there's nothing to gain by playing him. Are you going to say that the ticket holders that went to the Barclays that, Center are getting ripped off because they didn't get to see Chuk or No, that's, if someone's legitimately hurt, that's different than sitting guys to get a better lottery pick when I'm a season ticket holder. So you believe then that the reason why they're sitting them is to get a better lottery Oh, absolutely. Lottery. They're not sitting them to give them longevity? or No. no. Okay. No. The first thing they did it was the Sixers. Yeah, the process. The Sixers did it, um, and look at their team now. You know, they went through a whole couple of years where they just sat guys and didn't play guys and and now they got all this talent i mean you know so i think everybody's starting to see that and going to try to pick up from that do you hear the story about the guys who bought the billboard uh for lebron in uh. philly and, and then lebron went to philly to visit oh yeah, 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 yeah i heard that i don't know i can't see him in philly either yeah i can't not a good fit him. i see him in Bron- Houston. not a good Bron- fit. no no bron bron is going to la yeah, but is he going to the Clippers or Lakers? Lakers. You think? For sure. Lakers, yes. Lakers. Yeah, I don't think he no puts them. I don't think he, yeah, there's no talent on that team. Lakers, they're going to bring Paul George, LeBron James, you know, Lonzo Ball, you know, Ingram. That's a nice team right there. They're going to they're gonna do a little bit, I, some more he, stuff. He, go, he goes to Houston. He wins an NBA title two years in a row. Yeah, I don't think he wants to go to Houston. He, LeBron James is thinking 20 years from now. He's not thinking, you know, Tomorrow. Yeah, production deals. And yeah. All. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think Cleveland did enough to keep him now, too. Yeah. You think he's staying in Cleveland? Yeah, I think he, the money else, the money's better there, and they've done enough over the he past couple weeks. Cleveland. He's no. not staying in Cleveland. The next time he comes back to Cleveland is to buy the team from Dan Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, well, I see that right? happening. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Yeah. That might be with the group. What else you got, Joe? Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey helped save the life of a 72-year-old man who fell 20 feet while hiking Saturday in Colorado. Yeah, so what? But anyway. <laughs> so, you got any more details on that? I mean, was, was he repelling from a rope like a swag? Can you spice it up a little bit? Uh, sure. He survived. <laughs> no. Yeah. There you go, Joe. Josh, what do you got on the, What's your take on this? Yeah, I'm going back to what you just said about the uh, players who are sitting and whatnot. I think that, okay, I see both sides. You don't want to hurt your star players. But if this player is sitting, they're required to do 10 minutes of stand-up at the beginning of the game just so that if you did buy tickets, you can at least see them do something. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? There's got to be something. To do. What other service could we get him to? I'm not sure if I'm convinced I want to watch somebody do crappy stand-up. Unless he's got But something funny that they would have to do. Yeah, they got to sell beers, do. Paul. They got to go They got to go through the stands. I came, yeah. to, I came to see you play. You got to do something. You, you know You know what I like? That I bet you the fans would go, because you're talking about penalizing the fan. So what if you were a player 
and and you and you you did an, an omission list. These three guys aren't playing because we want a better lottery pick. But they're going to walk through the stands and take pictures with you and sign autographs yes. during the game. I like that. Yes. Now you know what? Now I guarantee I like you that. that those fans are going to go. I can get a picture with Sonto, who's got to be one of the better players. And he's going to take that time for the first half oh. to go around and take 300 pictures. And I guarantee you the players are like, I'd rather play. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, how, 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 how hard on the we'll sword are you the, willing to fall? We'll take the 15th yeah. pick. I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, but, but, you see, by, by doing what you're saying, then what happens if you do you know, the Boston College stuff and you just start missing shots? <laughs> That's even worse yeah. if you throw a game, you know? Yeah. All right, we got to get quick, quick here, Joe, the last story. All right, uh, for the first us. time in its history, Coca-Cola is introducing an alcoholic drink that will debut in Japan. Coca-Cola mm. is introducing an alcohol. And they're sending it to Japan first? That's where oh. they always try things first. Man, I did most of my Coke in the States. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. All right. Hey, now. Uh, Coca-Cola, you want, you want a break now? And you end, on, end on a high note. You just killed him. Yeah. 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 Anytime you're doing down. Coke, you're on a high note. Yeah. yeah. What you talking about? Yeah. We got to hear what everybody else has to say. Griff. So what? So what? So what? Yeah, just, so what? Josh? Yeah, I'm a so what. I can get my booze other places. Nah. Yeah. And, and Paulie? Yeah, who cares? It's a so, so what to you? Yeah. Paul? They do weird yeah. stuff in Japan. <laughs> How dare you denounce Coke? It got me through 25 it's years. Probably <laughs> like, it's probably like, the drink's probably like octopus flavored or something oh, weird like that. Yeah, shark, shark fin Coke. Yeah, it's probably. It helps weird. you get an erection while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn. Brought to you by Planet Fitness. Bah! <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. That was the first mid, mid show. <laughs> yeah, usually I don't get that in the middle of the show, but I'm feeling frisky and I'm feeling good after a big win against Wake last night in the first round of the ACC tournament. Mike, are you on the phone? I'm here, guys. How you doing, Mikey? Mike? The great Mike Waters from the great Mike Waters. Mike, what, what's your takeaway from last night? It was exciting for me to watch. My biggest takeaway was look at what the role players were able to do. You know, less uh, about a week after Jim Beheim said his role players aren't capable of scoring, uh, and I had led up to the game telling a lot of people, listen, they may not be capable of scoring a lot, but they're capable of contributing. They need to play defense. They need to rebound. Pascal Chukwu's got to be active and block shots. And then, of course, <laughs> you know, Marek Dolezal and, and Pascal Chukwu go out and combine for 34 points. Now, Granted, most of them are on dunks and layups, but the, the ball was moving around and they were involved in, in, in the offense. And when that happens, man, Syracuse looks like a totally different team. You know, I've been saying all along the two guys, ironically, on, on my show yesterday, I said, you know, when you're, when you're in Asia and they use that big, long cane, that thin, well, like, wicker cane, and they whack you with it when you do stuff that's wrong, I said, they're going to call me Coach Kane. I'm going to come down to practice, and there's two guys I'm going to centralize on. I said, if Chuke takes the ball below his chest after he gets a rebound, I'm going to smash him on the thigh every time he does it until he stops taking the ball down and putting six-foot-two guys in the game against a seven-foot-two guy. And the next guy is going to be this guy, Dolajai, who is wide open sometimes and kind of hitches and stops and 
passes the ball. Because the problem, and Dolezal even more so in some ways, because they're allowing a defender to slough back into the paint and put another half a body on Battle and O'Shea when they draw, and, and, and for that matter, Howard, when they go to the basket, because they're not even guarding Dolezal. So last night he steps out and he busts him for 20, which, Mike, I don't think he's going to do again tonight. Let's face it, that's not, that's not really no. what we expected we expect him to do. But, hell, if he could drop in eight... 10 and and if if chuk puts in another nine and gets a little bit of the offensive glass going to keep carolina away from the transition game hey we could beat these guys tonight for sure well absolutely it's possible i mean Syracuse played north carolina right down to the wire at the carrier dome just two weeks ago and ended up losing by four in a game that they had chances now listen it's going to be a tough matchup I agree with you. First of all, Marek and, and Pascal, we can't expect them to have the type of games offensively that they had last night against Wake Forest. But again, they have to figure out ways to contribute. If if they do leave Marek open for that 12 to 15 footer, needs to take it. As soon as he takes one and makes one, all of a sudden they got to play him a little bit more honestly. And he sees the floor so well. I love it when they run offense through him. Bring him to the high post and get him the ball, even if he doesn't take the shot. If his defender comes and and has to come out and get on him, he passes the ball so well. He sees guys, and, and you know he's eventually going to be a really terrific player. And I just think he can help the team in so many. Pascal's big challenge tonight is North Carolina is one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And Syracuse did a good job at the Carrier Dome of neutralizing North Carolina on the boards. So I think the Tar Heels have like four more rebounds, but that's not many. I mean, North Carolina's rebounding margin for the year is 11. So if it's even close on the boards, if Marek and Pascal and O'Shea Brissett can all do their jobs on the boards, that really helps Syracuse. He will help on the boards, Mike, but is Pascal going to be a, a liability in this game at a point where getting down the court is going to be a struggle for him against a North Carolina who gets up and down the court quickly? He will be. Um, that's, it, so it's on the rest of the guys to get back and, and stop the break and, and allow them to set up the zone, and Pascal will eventually join them. I mean, now, not all the North Carolina guys run like crazy. I mean, Luke May is one of their starting bigs. He's not exactly fleet of foot. Now he hustles. Uh, the, the the big kid that they'll bring in uh, to back up, May Sterling Man- Manley, uh, isn't exactly going to. It's the guys like Theo Pinson and Joel Berry and Kenny Williams that are going to start to break. So it's really on Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, and O'Shea Brissett to make sure that they get back. Well, there's a simple reason why when you when, when you look at rebounding, you are supposed to get more defensive boards than you are offensive boards. And that is because you're guarding the man between him and the basket. So you should have position when you're on defense to grab more boards. That's why offensive boards are more rare. So with that said, to neutralize what North Carolina does well, which is transition their offense and run down the floor, this is where Chuke has to come in and anything that's around that rim, he has to grab that on the defensive glass. He has to do it. Or, or we're gonna, it's going to be a long night. So I'm, I'm taking that one kind of as a given. And if he's grabbing yep. those boards, uh, you know, you know, when, when he's getting, it's going to slow the game down. Because I don't think Syracuse is going to break out and just take off down the court and try to play a North Carolina game. They're going to want to slow it down a little bit, and they're going to want to let it set up from the top. But what, what, what two of the things they have that jumped to. out? And Daniel, absolutely yeah. right about the pace of the game there and controlling the boards because that does help control the pace. 
Syracuse has won just one game all year where the opponent scored more than 74 points. And that game was in overtime at Georgetown. So there's not a single regulation win that Syracuse has this year where the other team scores more than 74. So, yeah, pace of play. And it's going to be hard because uh, North Carolina led the ACC in scoring this year. They want to run and score. They, I think they averaged 80. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to want to get into a track meet, and so so we agree on that. When, but you know, when you go back to Dolzhai for a minute, two things, uh, you know, in this passing thing, there was a moment when when Tyus had taken the ball to the basket, and, and and a second defender came to him, and you thought for sure he was going to shoot an Earl Monroe, Clyde Frazier floater, and he dumped off an alley oop to to Chuk, and Chuk dunked it, and I thought. Man, where has that been, you know? But the more rare thing that I have not seen all year out of Syracuse was a big man-to-big man dunk. And, and Dolajai had the ball down low, and he dumped a little quick bounce pass to Chuk, and Chuk dunked it. Geez, we could see that with May, you know, away from the basket like he does, because they're not going to throw a particularly tall lineup at us, so we're not going to get oversized like we're playing Kansas or something, you know? So, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I got to tell you, I got a weird feeling. I got a weird feeling feeling mike i think they're going to beat him really <laughs> it'll be interesting to see and you mentioned the one uh bounce pass that marek had to pascal i uh, the one that stood out to me was with about a minute and a half to go to game and, and wake forest and cut it to six and they're full court pressing and i can't remember which guard it was it might have been frank howard was in a little bit of a trap and he threw the pass to about midcourt to marek and I figure, okay, you've broken the press. Just get it into the front court and pull it out and run clock. But not Marek at that point was he was so feeling it. He he attacked the basket. He goes in for a two on one, and at the very last minute, he he throws the little lob to Pascal, who who dunked it. And it was just an amazing play, and it says so much about where Marek's mindset had gotten to. We had gone from the guy who, at the beginning of the game, was hesitating to take a twelve footer. And now he's attacking a seven foot one guy uh, on a break. Yeah, I mean, that, the aggressiveness that, that, was just amazing, and you can see that in Marek. I mean, when you look at him, you think you you know spindly looking guy who's in dire need of a hamburger, but he is so <laughs> athletic, and and when he can, he jumps like crazy, and I, I love seeing him out there in the open floor attacking the basket. Hey, Mike, uh, even in the win against Clemson, uh, 55-52, it, it wasn't a pretty-looking win. Last night, they got five guys in double figures. <laughs> Last night, they got five guys in double figures. They kind of looked like a tournament team yesterday. Do you, do you get that impression from them, and, and where do you have them now? Well, they certainly did yesterday. They played really well. They, they had a few stretches there where the Wake Forest zone kind of bogged everything down again and all of a sudden they they were jacking up threes and it it was you know guys like O'Shea and Frank Howard who are really struggling with their outside shots were taking them you're like no you know still need to penetrate you know get inside that zone uh but no when five guys in double figures I think it's just the third time all season yeah you're gonna look good um where are they now man there's so many different bracket analyst out there and there's such a wide range of opinions regarding Syracuse. I mean, one of the guys who I hold in highest esteem is Patrick Stevens, who does a lot of bracketology for the Washington Post. And he told me last night before the game that he had Syracuse among his last four in. Now, it's not like the Wake Forest win is going to boost them any, but if he had a win before that, and you know he has them in again today, 
a loss to Carolina isn't going to hurt Syracuse, but it stops them from gaining any more ground. And there's a lot of other bubble teams that can continue to win and possibly move past them. I think a win tonight against North Carolina ends the conversation they're in, and I don't think there's anybody that can pass them at that point. A loss tonight doesn't put an end to their hopes, but then you're going to be sitting on pins and needles for the next three or four days watching every single other bubble team play. Hmm. That's interesting because well, I didn't think they could get in without beating Carolina. But that's I didn't either until I talked to Patrick. Um, and, and he's really usually pretty good. And, uh, you know, so we'll just have to see. I don't know. The I, problem I gonna... this year is the new quadrant system. All the guys right. like Patrick and Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm who are trying to figure out the bracketology, nobody knows exactly how that quadrant system is going to affect the NCAA co- selection committee's judgment on teams now because it's just another tool it's not the only tool that they'll use they're still going to look at strength of schedule wins away from home a lot of non-conference strength of schedule so you know but they really don't know because everybody this year is definitely talking about the quadrant system well the the one thing the good news for syracuse fans is uh cbs has announced that its selection sunday show will be Right out the gate, you're going to know who's in the tournament. They're they're throwing all the names up. These are the teams in the tournament, and they're getting a ton of backlash. Mike, have you seen that story? What do you think of that? I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, I hated it when they dragged it out. Oh, really? I I know. You're you're in for the suspense and all that stuff, but um, you probably watched The Bachelor too, don't you, Polly? Danny, what do you what do you what do you think of that? They're just instead of making everybody sit and go through bracket by bracket, they're putting the sixty eight teams on the screen and they say, "Just put the thing up." If you if you if you're going to oh, get cut from the team, oh, but they're not even team. putting the bracket; they're just throwing the no. List of they're, teams? they're putting they're putting these are the sixty these are the teams in, and then they're doing oh. the bracket in oh, the first no, fifteen no, minutes. No, no, that's a horrible way to do it. No, you have to go bracket by bracket. I just don't like you going to commercial eighteen times before you get to the final one. Uh, uh, I want. No, I want to go. Oh God! I I, I want to go. Um, just flash the bracket, the whole thing up, and tell us what it is. You, you know, because I got to say, it, it, it's like when they put up a cut list. They don't put up position by position every every ten minutes and tell. So so the the left fielder finds out four hours later. That the, the, his friend, the shortstop, made the team. Just put the list up. Well, put it up. It's good for me because if they put it up, I know where to get in my car and go immediately after they. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, um, one year, like people always ask us about travel, and like one year we had absolutely no idea where they were going, and we actually made airplane reservations to like four different first round sites before the bracket came out because you can you can cancel. Airline, you know, an airline trip uh, within 24 hours after making the reservation. So then, when the yeah, bracket with, came out, we just kept one and canceled the other three. Yeah, but with Paulie, you have to have more money in your account than is necessary for the flight. <laughs> so, so, so that doesn't work over here. He needs yeah, to know the Pauly exact too, city. He's not getting on an airplane anyway, so yeah. he's got to get yeah, the exactly. GPS and get the pa- car. Paulie's renting a car, driving out to Oklahoma. He wants to know ahead of time. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Hey, have a great time in Brooklyn. We will, brother. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Bye. 
All right, we'll be back after this on ESPN Radio Syracuse. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hello, and we're back. What are you whispering at me? Del Lago is a beautiful casino. Oh, you should you tell know us what? more about it. Listen, you get an opportunity. <laughs> I, I, I have had, I have asked you guys, and only, only has K-Rock Josh showed up for the Our Lady Peace concert. I know he knows the secret casino-wise in central New York, which is obviously Del Lago. Dude, I know it. Uh, I got, I got a, uh, a text this morning from the great Jason Klug uh, out at Del Lago saying, great show from the morning show. Uh, you know, I, I want to get this poker thing going. These guys are ready. They, Del Lago said, let's go. We're, we're raising money for a good cause. They're in, which is another thing, too. You know, there's a couple other casinos that my family has dealt with before. I don't need to name them. Uh, and they, they cut everything back, and they said, you know, find another place. After 25 years of having a relationship with trying to find a cure for breast cancer, what does Del Lago do? How can we help? First things out of their mouth. How can we help? What can we do? You know, wanted to get involved in the community and everything. That's who you want to give your patronage to. The people that are giving something back while you're spending your hard-earned money at, by the way, a beautiful hotel, a beautiful spa. You know, I mean, they have it all out there. The food. Have you eaten the restaurants out there? Yeah, Josh? I go to the buffet. I haven't eaten there yet, but I look forward to it. I want, I want to do a buffet uh, day over there. You know what, man? I'll tell you what, though. That portocol is, uh, that restaurant, the steak's in there. Like butter. I've had priapism since they announced Wayne Brady was coming to town. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know what? Are we gonna we gonna get this Wayne Brady cherry popped here? Hey, Jason Klug, if you're listening, we got to get Brady on the show, and we got to get some tickets. Go backstage, and we'll big dog it like we always do. Out at Del Lago, the premier spot to show up for your your vacation needs. I mean, the place is just it, it's off the charts. I have a it's question for uh, for for Paulie because this morning on the air, uh, my co-host Cody he. His biggest hero in the world is Bret Hart, and Bret Hart, the wrestler, is going to be at the Syracuse Crunch Game on Friday, so I arranged for him to meet Bret Hart, and Cody started crying. If Pauly got to meet Wayne Brady, would Pauly start crying? No. I'm not that big of a Wayne Brady fan. Oh, you're so full of it. Uh, I bet you break down. No. I think you break down. No, I met my hero. Uh, Tony Gwynn? No. Well, I've met him, too. Who's the hero of heroes? Chris Jericho. I met him at Kirakathon a couple of years ago. He's a bigger hero than Tony Gwynn? No, but who's the biggest? Tony Gwynn's dead, so I'm not meeting him again. You know, it's like who's the biggest hero? I would have said Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, because he's alive. Yeah, and but, I met him. But all time, who's your Tony friend? Gwynn? Without, without Tony Gwynn. question, Tony Gwynn. I, I don't think that I would cry though. Wayne Brady, I just think is hysterical. I don't know why. Let's I'm like see. an Let's eighty-year-old. Josh, I'm, I'm Googling how we're doing his, on his hero thing. Daniel, who, who would be somebody you'd love to meet that you've never yeah, met? Yeah, you ever starstruck? Um, you know, I, I, I met Brando, and, uh, and he was somebody who I really, really wanted to meet, although it was later in his years. Um, uh, oh, I got it. You know what? Remember what I showed you that I got for uh, Paulie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Oh, very nice. I did. So who would you want to meet? Like, would there be anybody man. that you would really totally starstruck over? Um, you know, I, I remember the, the few. There's a list that you make. You know, obviously mine are probably more actors than athletes now because I've met like every athlete I could ever meet because of the acting thing, not because I'm, I'm anything special. Um, 
Uh, so I, you know, I've met from Joe Namath and Joe Montana and guys that I just, you know, watched and I was paralyzed when I watched them. I thought, you know, especially Namath, you know, he, he was a guy who off the field too, along with Mickey Mantle and, and different guys that were my heroes. Um, you know, when I grew up watching, uh, especially those struggling years in New York, you know, and, uh, when, when we weren't winning anything, you know, so, uh, no, I, I, I think I've met most of them for me. Um, it becomes, I have a list. There's three reasons why I take a movie now. Um, because they have an actor in it or an actress that's on my list of all time. You know, I, when I worked, I took a very small job on the movie Hero because Dustin Hoffman was in it. And arguably for me, Dustin Hoffman is probably the greatest actor of my generation. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because when you watch great actors like De Niro and Pacino and guys that have been revered as highly as they've been, but they always play mob guys or they play this guy or they play that guy. Hoffman was a guy who played, you know, well after he was Dustin Hoffman the Great, and he plays and he does Tootsie and he does Rain Man and he does, you know, films that there's nothing for him to happen to him but to go down, you know, and be critically uh, disclaimed for doing the role. So having to take that risk and being willing to take that risk as a performer in any in anything that you do, I admire that in him. So I took a role in a movie where I played a fireman, you know, I mean, and and, and uh, but I got to work with him for several days. I remember when I did uh, Grey Gardens, uh, Jessica Lang, who's on my short list of women, and I walked up to her because she had done uh, a play on Broadway with Alec, and I walked up to her and, I, and she said, hi, how are you? And I, I only had two scenes with her in the movie. It was mostly me and Drew Barrymore. And I, uh, I leaned into her and I said, I can now check your name off my list. And she pushed away from me from the hug and she said, what do you mean? I said, you know, I would have done this movie for free just knowing that I was doing it with you. And, uh, and, and you're on that list of actresses that I've just, you know, uh, all time greatest that I really wanted to just say that I worked with them. It's an honor for me to be here. And then, of course, you know, I, I, w I was having coffee with her every day because I paid her the great compliment. I wiggled my way right into that one. But but I meant that, you know, I really I really did. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't I don't have, a, you know, th where there's that old argument. If you could have dinner with one one historical character and my answer would always be, well, I would have dinner with Jesus Christ for sure. If I, you know, and one day I plan on meeting him. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I, I won't make the joke. <laughs> like, Go ahead, big guy. No, I was just going to sooner than later. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. What a terrible, what a terrible way. I'm to a end bad it. human being. I have such are. a touching story. Do you too. know that there's a reason why each person is in your life? And I am really, really getting on track now to why, to why God placed me in your life. I, I do. I'm just I, not a good person. You know, I need to bring. For, I know the two assignments I have. Mm -hmm. I have to help you find some type of conscience, and I have to find a woman for you that would tolerate this 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 crap show. That's I broken. made the I made the strangest confession yesterday, seeing that we're talking about heroes and stuff. Were you talking to your hand again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had uh, Wes Durham, who does the games on TV. Uh, was calling the games with Mike Jaminski, the former center. The G-Man. Yeah, for the Sixers. The, and For the in, Nets. In my bedroom as a kid, I had a poster of Dr. J, Tony Gwynn, and Mike Jaminski <laughs> in the street. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's... And they're like, you shouldn't admit that, but I loved Mike Jaminski as a he, kid, too. You know you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, uh, um, the quarterback from Philly, uh, Jaworski. Yeah. Who was a guy who had you know a, a nice little run there. He took him to the playoffs a few times. He was a pretty good quarterback. He never got the respect. Jaminski played a long time in the league. Yeah. 
He played a long time in the league, and I remember when he played for the for the Nets. He was he was a good player, a yeah. steady player. Hey, let's go to break. We'll come back with the coach, and we'll be right back after this. Serve Pro is a proud supporter of Orange basketball coverage on the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hey now. And we're back. Paulie, what do we got going on? We got Coach Jim Sandlin with us, color commentator for the Syracuse IMG Sports Network. We're, yeah, what baby. a huge get. You guys don't realize how lucky you are this morning. <laughs> Coach, that means you got to work with this guy all the time? Oh, my goodness gracious. What's that like? I only got to get him in between gigs. No, I know. This is a tough one to put to it. But you know what, Paul? He shows up on time, um, usually a little bit early, as a matter of fact. Leaves early too, but he shows up on time most of the time and uh, and does what he's supposed to do. So what else can you ask from you a can't guy, ask right? For anything more than that? What the heck, you know? You can't, you can't ask for anything more than that. That's what you want. He's a producer of the stars now. So t- today's gig, I do the morning show for three hours with Tim and Gomez and Lisa. I go up to my room. I got an hour off. I'm up there. I come down. He's got Gomez and he's got a, a Matt Park coming in. And he goes, "What are you doing here?" I went, "What are you doing?" It's called the Daniel Baldwin Show, by the way. If you haven't, he says. Yeah, no, I got a text from you saying that you're sick, you got a fever, and you're not coming. And I'm waiting for the yuck, yuck, yuck. No, he really did. He got the kid from the, the newspaper uh, uh, texted him that he can't come and thought it was from me. So he had me replaced. Listen, the body wasn't even cold yet. He had me replaced, Coach. <laughs> this is what I you have to look back forward all those to good you... things I said about him earlier. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah the yeah. guy's trash. He's trash. Coach, last night we go in and arguably we all i think we expected that we should win this game uh you know i think if we played them in a series we would we would dominate the series but there were some things that went on in the game that were quite eye-opening and 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 plus factors chuk played very well inside adolage shows up out of nowhere and throws in 20 um, I don't think we can expect uh um Dolage to, to shoot 20 to make 20 points tonight against North Carolina but the fact that he was willing to shoot the ball and got that aggressive is a great plus for O'Shea and for Tyus because they can't cheat off. Their man can't cheat off and put that extra half a body down in the paint. What's your take on what, uh, what went on last night and what we have to look forward to tonight? I think, Daniel, you hit it right on the head. I don't even have to talk anymore. You, you got – you. Are you co- were you a coach at one time? Your no, they called me Coach Kane. You know, you know why they called me Coach Kane? Nope. Because I had Mac and I've had uh, Coach Beheim on, and I said, listen, I'm going to help you the two biggest problems as, <laughs> as an analyst that I see. And the analyst, uh, here's what the analyst sees. I said, I'm going to get one of those Filipino long canes that they beat you with, and, and I'm going to stand there in the paint, and every time this chuke kid takes the ball below his chest, I'm going to smack him in the thigh with it. You're seven foot two. Do not put it on the ground. Do not take it below your chest. No one's going to get it. You're putting every six foot two guy back in the game when you drop the ball like this. And you got him a couple times last night too, then because he did drop it. He played terrific. He bounced it a couple. Way, he, but, he bounced it in the. He's in the pain. He's seven two. So the thing to do is line up the cane, mm-hmm. and every time it comes off the glass, uh, he's got one second. No, he's got one second to put it back up uh-huh. on the offensive glass. You're not passing it anymore. You're seven foot two. Put the ball in the basket. The second one was I'm going to cane uh, Dolce. I'm going I'm to cane him. If that kid gets a pass and there's nobody on him and he hitches and stops and doesn't shoot, I'm going to smack him one in the thigh with a cane and he's going to start shooting the ball more. Well, both of them evidently knew Coach Kane was coming to practice next week because they, they did a pretty good they job. They did both. a pretty good job of that last night. That's for sure. You know, y- your first thought about um, 
assuming that Syracuse was going to win last night. Uh, this is probably the coach in me, but I, I didn't assume that at all. I thought that this was a toss-up type game. I mean, they beat Syracuse down there. Um, Syracuse wins here. It was a four-point spread or something like that. So most of the people, I think, thought that it was going to be one of those games. And we've seen Syracuse too many times where they can't get their offense going because of a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned as well. So I was really pleased with the way they started the game. I mean, I thought they came out with a bounce. And they came out hard defensively. Um, they made some shots, which always makes things easier when you make a few shots. Um, but you're right. The difference was that two guys got 34 points. And the other three guys got 39 points. I mean, that usually is is like 50 to, to 6 or 50 to 8 that those two guys would get you. So I thought it was a terrific game for um, both Pascal and, and Marek. And um, quite honestly, if they're going to beat North Carolina tonight, those guys don't have, to, don't have to replicate 20 and 14, but they have to get some points tonight. Yeah, a 9 and 10 would be great. Yeah, and, and 9 rebounds, 10 rebounds, yeah, something sure. like that. And, you know, and, and Pascal's played – I. I'm one of the few guys I think that I, I like the way he plays. I like that. I think he's done a tremendous job all year long. He box shots. He's a presence in the middle. When he's not in there, you know, I can just look back at the Duke game a couple of weeks ago, when when he fouled out of the game, and and we had Marek or we had uh, Barama Sadibi in there, or maybe even Matt Moyer. They got six dunks in the last four or five minutes of that game. They had no dunks when he was in the game. And just because of his presence, seven foot two, he's got good hands from a defensive standpoint. So um, he's done everything that I would expect him to, hope for him to do this year. But he's got to do a little bit more tonight. He does. And, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, that this is a team that is for, for sure a rip-it-off-the-glass transition team in North Carolina and offensively. So if they're going to dominate us when we are on defense, we must out-rebound them. We can't let them get a lot of offensive boards because that's their game, quick out, down the court. You know you know that Chuke is not going to run the length of the court and get down there. They're going to have to initiate the zone before he makes it down there. So we need to control the, the, the tempo and the pace of this game. Uh, and, and I think it, it will be imperative that we, we crash the boards, particularly defensively. If we can get some extra looks on it offensively, that's great. But, uh, uh, or offensively, rather, we, 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 have to, we have to get rebounds. That's going to be the game. You know, it's funny you say that, Daniel, because they're the number one rebounding team in the country. I mean, they plus 11 on the boards, you yep. know, with their opponents, and they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. We did a great job last time with them, only losing by 4, 38-34 on the boards, yep. something like that. And I think just naturally the zone is going to slow Carolina down a little bit. As long as they don't get beaten transition and they can get back, it's going to take them a while to get some shots on the offensive end, which is to Syracuse's advantage, I think. But um, if they could ever even come close to them on the boards, that would be a win-win for Syracuse. Because they I'll take do, a four gap. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they, even though they're not huge, Carolina, they do something. Roy Williams does something that teaches these kids – how to offensive rebound, how to defensive rebound, and do the kind of things. Last year, you could see it. They had these Kennedy Meeks and Hicks and Bradley and all these monsters on the boards. This year, they don't have that. that that's, this is not a real big basketball team, but they're quick and they're active. And you're right. They're going to try to score off transition all night long. We've been uh, traveling all year together, Coach, and there's one common thing you've said is that for some reason you think Syracuse can beat this North Carolina team. What do you see that Syracuse can exploit in this team that makes you think that they can beat them? I just think that the, the zone slows Carolina down some. I think Carolina's not uh, – they're a good, very good basketball team. They're not as good as they've been in the past just because they don't have some of the size that they've had. 
so I think Syracuse can, and I don't think Carolina is the great defensive team. Syracuse can score against defensive teams like Virginia and, and uh, uh, some of the other ones that they've played this year. They struggle like crazy to score. Uh, Carolina's not that way. Carolina wants to outscore you. They want to win 80 to 70 if they can. Syracuse is probably not going to get 80 in this game, so they can't let it get to that level. But I, I think their zone will keep it back a little bit and keep it down. And they showed the first time, even though it was at the Dome and this is a different situation, they showed the first time that that they can play with Carolina and they can do some of the things and they can score on them. And this was before Dolge really and, and Chukwu did much of anything in, the, in that kind of a game. So if we can get some kind of an effort from them, and they'll, they'll get an effort. I, let me rephrase that. I don't mean for an effort. If we can get some kind of a production from them from an offensive standpoint here tonight, Syracuse could very easily win this game. They really could. I think so, too. And I think, too, besides the fact that we've mentioned already <clears throat> that even in a, in a in a game like Dolce scores 10, you know, compared to his average of 4.2 or whatever he's doing, at 10 points, it keeps the defense more honest. And you're dealing with a team that's not an oversized North Carolina team and may moves away pretty far from the basket. So that should free up Chuk to have some shots at getting defensive rebounds, uh, a lot of them, uh, traditionally not even in the paint a lot of times. But one of the more inspiring things that I saw that I have not seen one time before last night was the dump-off bounce pass in the paint from Dolajai to Chuk, big man to big man. Oh, you start doing that with no other big body in there besides May, and you may open up an extra four or five baskets that they're not even looking at. Does this change, Coach? You know, you've been there. You know, you, you've been on that court and, and coached big teams and big players before through many, many years of your career. Take me through something that I don't know, which is – Carolina sees this production now, and, and obviously they had to watch the game. So they're, get, they're getting ready. They've had a week off. People are talking about how that's an advantage to them. I don't know necessarily if having a whole week off is always an advantage. But, but with that said, watching what Chuke did and watching what Dolce did, do you have to start making some changes in anticipation of a team that you haven't seen do this before? I mean, they must have thought they already knew what, what Syracuse was going to do. Absolutely no question. I mean, I, I said it last night that – Wake went into that game with with a game plan of saying, "Okay, we don't have to worry about two guys. We're going to flood the lane, and we're going to make sure that we guard the three guys and really make it difficult for them." Which they did. And uh, but Carolina and I saw both of their assistants there last night. I'm sure they went back to Roy Williams and said, "Listen, now, you know, all of a sudden this kid gets 20 points. He didn't get 10 points last night. He didn't get 11 or 12 points last night. He got 20 points last night." And, and, you know, Chukwu started dunking balls and doing things that they haven't seen. So I'll guarantee you they walk in. They're not going to play the same way Wake Forest played last night. They're going to guard guys, and they're going to be a little bit more um, one-on-one, I think, with the three guys up front. And the thing that worries me a little bit about them is that Cameron Johnson, who's, who we've seen it from Pitt a number of times and has really hurt Syracuse in the past when he was with Pitt, came up to the Dome and played very poorly against Syracuse. I expect him to play a much better game tonight. He, he causes matchup problems for Syracuse because he shoots it 6-8. He goes to the perimeter and does some things. You can take advantage of him on the other end of the court. But from an offensive standpoint, I think you have to be really concerned with what he tries to do. And, and you know, and the other thing, Chukwu should have a big night here tonight. I, I think mean, so, too. I he really should. I, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on the guy. We, we can take the cane to him a little bit later if we need to. But I, I, would, I would try to stay and say, okay, Hang right around the basket. We're lobbing to you all night long. Yep. You know, the kid who hurt Syracuse the last time, if you remember, too, was the Manly kid, the freshman that came off the bench. Yeah, he's he had a like 12 body. or 14 points against us. Um, and he hasn't really done that against a whole lot of other teams. So 
typically Carolina's going to go with that smaller lineup of May and center. And, you know, that's like six inches difference between him and, and, and Pascal. So if Syracuse can also, we talk about Carolina changing their game plan maybe a little bit tonight. I'd like to see Syracuse change their game plan and say, okay, you know, we're not going to feature Pascal and post up him and give it to him ten times because that's not Jim Bayham's way. But we're going to look for him, and we're going to try to get him the ball on the inside, and we're going to keep it over the top. And what the difference has been is that Pascal's now become a good foul shooter. You know, these guys laugh at me all the times when I kept saying, this kid has improved tremendously in the foul line. I don't mind seeing him in that position. You know, he knocked in a couple last night without any problems. So I'd like to feature him a little bit more tonight and see if we can take advantage of him on the inside because he does have a tremendous advantage physically. He does at 7'2". You know, and another interesting statistic I can remember this. I was down in uh, Atlanta and I was having lunch with Patrick Ewing and Dikembe Mutombo. And, and Dikembe said to me, he goes, just remember something. They don't keep a statistic for guys missing shots and my changing somebody's shot. He said, if they did, I'd lead the league every year. And he, and he and Minute Bowl, he said, because, you know, you might not get to the block, but when a guy comes in and a guy that's seven foot two steps in the lane and puts his arms up, that little hitch, that little side move he has to get to get around and creates a miss is not actually a statistic, but it might as well be a block if you got the rebound. And, uh, and, and, and the Chook gives that to us with guys going in there because of his size advantage over May. His hands will be seen. So he could be a, quite a force tonight. Yeah, he could. And last night we saw it. I mean, they, they're, a lot of Wake Forest's game is to really drive the ball to the basket. And, uh, and, and he changed a lot of that last night, forced guys to take shots that they're not, they're not capable of making at that point. All right, you've uh, watched this team all year. Before we let you go, Coach, is this a tournament team yet? Or do you think they need to get this one tonight? Oh, I think they need to get this one. I would yeah, not. me too. I don't think that they're in by any means. I think that this is a great uh, opportunity for them. And, and, and if I had my druthers, I would have rather played North Carolina tonight, even though they're better than a, than a, a Miami or Virginia Tech or somebody like that in the second round. Because this, if they win this, this will propel them to the tournament. If they beat Virginia Tech tonight, instead... That wouldn't necessarily put him in the tournament, I don't think. So it's right there for him, right in front of him. Yep. You're going to give us a prediction? Um, <laughs> but you yeah, know what? I mean, honestly, I think they can win this game. Do, do, do I think they will win this game? I'm not so sure of that. But they certainly are capable of winning 61, here 61-57. You like Syracuse. that? Okay. I'll take that one right now. So will somebody else. In if fact, they, we can go out drinking and having a good it, time tonight at the restaurant. We're not worrying about that. If they hold North Carolina to 57, 57. points, I will buy you lunch tomorrow. 61-57, they shut them down. I it, will, ain't, it ain't no fluke. It ain't no fluke. That, yeah. Matt Park is here talking. Uh, did you predict the score? Uh, I said 73, no, 75. To, I was pretty close to it, but not as close to you. All right, guys, we'll take a quick break, come back, and uh, we'll BS some more on ESPN Radio Series. <laughs> we'll BS some more. Hello, Brooklyn! The Seminoles win! Florida State's the champions of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Let the celebration begin. No sleep till! The Duke Rebels have won an unprecedented Coverage of the 2018 ACC Tournament is brought to you by IBEW NECA. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. 
This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn. Brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hey now! I got the point, and I'm not even paying attention because I'm looking. We're going to do... I think the song's called Brooklyn. We're going to do a special presentation. Paulie, you know, Josh, Joe, and I, and Ed, we really do. We bust your chops a lot. But I've been on the road with you now. I've been doing the show with you now. And I've done the show here with you now. You work really hard, bro. Thank you. You work really hard. And because of that, I went out and got this signed Tony Gwynn jersey for you. Awesome. To show our appreciation for your hard work and to let you know Thank how much you. we appreciate you and love you. I feel like I'm one of your boys now. You I buy went hams on for that. Your boys. I, I you went hams on you. that. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I totally yeah. went halves on that. <laughs> I, went, I went halves on that. Checks in the mail. <laughs> well, I thank you. That's really yeah. cool. And it's, yeah, a pot, it's yeah. the blue yeah. pinstripes. It's a blue pinstripe. Yeah, by the way, it was $950. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you chipping in? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He'll put forty towards it. Yeah, put, maybe maybe yeah. douche of the year. Yeah, I'll Joe. Contribute to. Joe, you could re, you, you, you could put forty towards it, couldn't you, guy? Uh, sure, maybe. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> that story ever hit the air? Yeah, <laughs> that story's never hit the air of the infamous. You know, his new nickname could be Wimpy. I would gladly pay you on Thursday, Popeye, if you lend me forty bucks today. Uh, but the, but I never got the forty bucks back, so. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on the Joe tab and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Any comment, Joe? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, bro. That was cool. Yeah, man. We got the Tony Gwynn jersey. Are you going to wear it? I know you don't wear jerseys. No, I would frame that. I think it. you got to frame it. It's signed by Gwynn and it has a... Uh, a uh, certificate of authenticity. I, you know, you should see me banging away at this guy. It was like... It was like four or something or whatever, and I offered him like I lowballed him like 120, and he just canceled it. He didn't even counter, and then so I waited and waited and waited. No one got it, and then I waited and I went up to like you know two, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he and he and he counters at like 380 or something. Like that. I'm like, oh, right, well, I'm in the game a little bit now. So then you're only allowed a certain amount of counters, and I ran out of counters because they kept cheaping them by like 10 bucks. And then finally, I said, you know, and I offered him. Two, he took 250 for it today. So. I'll frame it and hang it in our studio. No, man, that's your personal thing. It is. But Why don't you put it in your new office that you're going to get after they fire Salzone? Salzone has an office? Sal, where's Joe's Salzone. office? I want to know where that is. Joe's got an office down at the uh, subway station. It's a truck stop. It's a truck stop. <laughs> He's a lot lizard. He's a lot lizard. <laughs> All right. So we're going to discuss, you know, Josh, we talked in the morning show uh, about an article that I pulled up that I need, to, I need to hear you and Salzone's take on. Just one psychedelic drug trip can cause changes in your personality that could last for years. I've heard about that. I've heard that they do it like microdosing is what it's called. You can microdose. Psychedelic, psychedelics such as magic mushrooms, LSD, are known to have powerful effects on the brain, which can significantly alter consciousness. But how do these substances affect your mind in the long term? Joe, care to comment? Nope. Oh. Uh, Oh gosh, we got heard, old Joe coming back now. He's gonna have nothing to say. Okay, I've heard uh, that uh, people who want to like quit smoking and stuff will do micro doses just to kind of like rewire their brain. 
Really? That's what you heard? I think that's an excuse to, to eat mushrooms myself. Well, that's why I'm tripping right now. I'm trying to quit smoking. <laughs> like, I know Josh and I have never done the drugs, uh, as the kids would say, or Nancy Reagan. <laughs> but uh, Joe's You've never done a drug in your I, life. I, I've smoked weed a couple times, okay. five times. I get paranoid. I hate it. He tripped but out Joe, thinking the moon and Pink Floyd was coming to him. Yeah, that's a I, true story. I, I cried. I went, I, went to see a, I went to see a Pink Floyd laser light show stoned, and I thought the moon was singing to me, and I started crying. I didn't like it at all. Wow. Joe, have you ever done drugs? Yes, I have. What, what, are, you, what are you dabbling? Uh, what, I tried what, what, weed what once, didn't care for it. Just once? Yep. Man, I am so glad because between the four of us, I probably balanced <laughs> this out. So. Yeah, you've done enough for all of us, Daniel. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you know, it's funny because I had done, you know, you know, drank at 13. And, and I always said that as horrific an experience as it was the first time I drank, it was such a blessing in disguise because older guys that were like 18, 19 hung out on the golf course. And so myself and this kid, Michael McGinney, used to run over. We were kind of like their gopher. So they would send us to the deli and they go, go to the back door and tell Tony it's for me. And back then he handed you a $20 bill. A case of beer was like, you know, 12 bucks, 13 bucks. So he'd say, keep the change because it was like a half mile each way. So we split. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 11, 12, 13 years old making, you know, three, four dollars a run. And I'm doing it four times a night. I, believe it or not, that, you know, that was a lot of money in 1972, you know. So so I was happy to go do it. Well, one night they're doing this thing, shotgunning beers where they shake the can and they put it to their mouth and they pop it and yep. it shoots it down your throat. Say, hey, Baldy, Baldy, come over here. You have a shotgun one, Baldy. And I'm like. No, no, I can't. I can't punk out now. So I, I end up shotgunning three beers, and I'm 13, and I never drank before. And I went home, and I re- I can still remember vomiting so profusely and thinking to myself, why would anyone want to feel like this right now? I mean, it was so, I didn't drink. Now that was at 13. I didn't consume one more sip of alcohol until I was 18 because of that experience. So I always thought it. Now drugs, on the other hand, were a completely different story. You know, I had done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I kind of dabbled in it. But after I became an actor, I, I specifically went to one really famous singer's house at a party and tried cocaine smoking it. Six months later, I was in rehab. That's how fast it, it buried me. And I fought that drug for 20 years on and off trying to stop doing it. Now I'm drug-free and, and alcohol-free for many, 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 many years. See, I, have I no think, intention of going back. I think I'm the one person that reefer madness worked on because I always thought if I smoked weed, I would, like, jump into traffic and stuff. That's why I never <laughs> did it. Like, all those PSAs on, like, after-school specials completely worked on me. But I think what's fascinating in your case is that, you know, you're, you're the – the leader of a rock and roll movement and a, and a huge radio station, uh, you know, and, and kudos to your very large following and everything that you have. But that traditionally goes hand in hand with people that party some, you know. So the fact that you, that you eluded all of that and still, you know, have the titles that you have is quite fascinating to me. I don't like to lose control of my brains. I like I like to be in control, and then you know, I give that up when I'm drinking whiskey at home or whatever. But I never wanted to be like out of control, so I never tried anything. I had that first same sort of drinking story as you, Daniel. My brothers were having a house party. My parents are out of town, and I was 13, and they filled up a pitcher of Kahlua and milk and gave it to me. Oh, saying, my God. Saying it was chocolate milk, and I drank 
the whole picture of Kahlua. You have never seen someone so sick in their life. And it's, that Kahlua is like sugary, yeah, and sweet, it's milk, terrible. And it's <laughs> gross. We got to take a break. We, I think we got one more to get out of the way, right? Yes. We're going to break, Joe. Yes, right. right. Joe's right with us. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. We'll be back. Right, let's Radio. go to break. We'll be right back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, live from Brooklyn, brought to you by Planet Fitness. Hey, now. Syracuse University tonight against North Carolina in the second round of the ACC tournament here in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. I will be there. Paulie will be there. Josh will be watching on TV. And Joe... Joe will be belly up in the bar, I'm sure, captivated by some young lady on a pole. Josh will be asleep. I'll be asleep. You kidding me? You're watching the game. I'll get up. I'll get up tomorrow morning and watch it. Yeah. Josh, a Washington woman is suspected (laughs) of taking uh, um, a samurai sword and attacking her fiance. Uh, because she found him to be unfaithful, police say. Uh, a Washington woman was charged Monday with attempted murder, suspected of trying to use a samurai sword on her boyfriend she thought was being unfaithful. She came home and opened his computer, finding a Tinder account oh. and conversations that he was having. Uh, she was so distraught that she went out and bought a samurai sword. Wow. Came home, stashed the sword. Waited for him to fall asleep and literally walked in and just started hacking him up. Oh, my God. So that's terrifying. She she hacks him up. He's unconscious already. Blood splattered all over the room. Then she starts looking at him. She walked back in the room to check if he was dead yet. She thought he was dead. She says she felt bad. So she called 911. Oh, what a sweetheart. And the cops came in. Yeah, well, it was, wasn't that lovely? What Did a nice his junk off? <laughs> Did she lop his junk off? All he wants to know. <laughs> Yeah. Dr. Locker yeah. junk off? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She committed seppuku on his hog. Do- yeah. <laughs> Doctor, cut your thang off? <laughs> uh, 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 so, no, the guy lived, and uh, she's been uh, incarcerated, being held on, on $325,000 bail. All his friends um, call him home slice now. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, they call him bone slice. Yeah. <laughs> that relationship didn't have much of a future anyways. I feel like she was a little out there. Yeah, she had to cut him off when she had to. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got a rat, boys. We're running out of time up here in Syracuse. We're running out of time. All right. Well, don't listen. cheat. Yeah. Will, yeah, don't cheat. You'll get, your, you'll get samurai. Don't cheat. You'll get it's samurai. pouring snow out here right now, by the way, Josh. We'll be safe. Uh, I know that you guys are hunkering down for another day, and then uh, see you guys, I, I don't know, Friday maybe, I guess? We'll, uh, hopefully well, I we... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do the show tomorrow. We're going to yeah. do the show from here. Yeah, dude, I'll yeah, tell you, I'll see you Friday, but hopefully uh, they win tonight so that we can have some content for tomorrow's show instead of us just talking about cutting off penises for the uh, two hours tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, let's, let's make sure we don't get sued by Samurai Girl. She did not cut his penis off. Oh. She hacked him up, to, oh, gotcha. but she didn't cut his penis off. All right. That's the next attack. All right. Thank you, boys. All right, boys. Talk to you later.